Hello, Caitlin here. Alan and I have started a new kind of limited podcast about the Lockwood & Co. Netflix series. And in case you were interested in checking it out, we thought we'd drop our intro episode here in the Measures of Truth feed um, just to give you a taste of what we're going to be talking about over there. Um, so yeah, if you want to check us out, if like a show about, you know, shitty adults, evil capitalism, ghosts, and plucky young people are your thing, then consider giving The Problem a Lockwood & Co. podcast. I'll listen. Thanks. Welcome to The Problem. I'm Caitlin. I'm Alan. And this is a Lockwood & Co. podcast for the Netflix series. Yay. All right. This is just a short little intro episode, talking about why we're going to do this, what it's going to be, and possibly how we're betraying all of our podcast friends. <laughs> who Stabbing we, people in the back. Who we have not told that we're doing this. <laughs> Yep, I uh, I just really, really loved the show and watched it many times. And so I came to you and I was like, have you ever seen this? Uh, this have is, you ever heard of it? I feel like you're trying to help me save face because it's the opposite. It's the exact opposite yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah, so basically I really, I a friend of mine watched the show and then was reading the books and asked if anybody else in our book club had read them. And I was like, no, but this looks cool. And I can't just watch a show. Apparently, I had to read the books first. Mm -hmm. So I read all five books and then I watched the show. And I was kind of, mm, you know, the books were fun. They were fine. Um, and then I watched the show. And hilariously, I remember texting our group something like, oh, I'm so excited to just watch a show casually, which happens so seldom for me. But since I didn't care for the books that much. Uh, you know, it was going to be just a nice casual watching experience. Um, no, I fucking loved the show. <laughs> I ate up every single bit of it. I, I don't know what um, crack Joe Cornish put in there. Well, actually, I do. He turned up the trauma and the angst and that's yeah. I, I eat that shit up. Like in the books, it's all very subtext. But in the mm -hmm. show, he's just like, no, these kids are fucked. And also they really want each other. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the I so you told me about it and I did the same thing. I I went and got the books and I'm working my way through them and then watched the show behind reading the books. And so I would like listen to a book while I'm at work and then come home and watch the episodes up until the point where I had read. And so like there's a big difference for sure in the tone of the books versus the show, I think. I think mm -hmm. that's right. The books are like a little bit more jokey. Yeah. And the show is like way more angsty. Uh, and the acting is like really top notch. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. For like, you know, to have people, I, I don't know how old they are, but they're playing teenagers and they are convincingly teenagerish. Uh, and they're like, some of the acting is just like knocks my socks off. They are in their early 20s, I believe. They're not teenagers. Mm -hmm. Still Which, impressive. Yeah, no, I don't. The real world has child labor laws, so. <laughs> Which is a big theme in this story. It is. And I love that they, well, okay, but we'll get into that later. 
But the main reason after, you know, having been exposed to the very addictive crack that is the show, that why I wanted to do this podcast is it was immediately canceled after yeah. I watched it. It was like two days later. Netflix was like, no. And the fandom, or at least the part of the fandom that I see on Tumblr, is extremely organized in doing everything they possibly can to get somebody else to pick the show up. Um, but I am not good at like, I don't know, I'm not good at promoting things on social media or contacting people or whatever, but a podcast, that's what I do. So if I can, you know, we can do the show and then maybe get a couple more people to watch the show. That's what I can do to support it. Yeah, it couldn't hurt. And yeah. it's a good show anyway. Um, I think so, too, obviously, since I bullied you into this, by which I mean, <laughs> I asked politely. Yeah. And it's it doesn't seem to me like there's a lot of um, fantasy stuff on Netflix that is made and produced by them. Uh, like probably their biggest hit is Stranger Things and then like The Witcher and stuff like that. Uh, this doesn't seem like that to me. It seems like somebody else made it and then they bought the rights to stream it. Or something it doesn't seem the like distribution so, rights. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like it could move. I'm um, fairly certain that that is accurate. That Joe Cornish's company, Complete Fiction, is the yeah. owner of the rights to the show. And Netflix just has the distribution rights, mm -hmm. which does mean that, I mean, a part of me thinks Netflix could just be an asshole and hold on to the distribution right. Yeah. But also, if they're not making any more, I don't see why they wouldn't be interested in selling them early to make some money off the show if they're not if they don't think they're going to make any more mm -hmm. or at least share it or do something you know like outside america blah 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 it's it's that, on amazon it's on yeah. bbc that is one of the things that i actually think this is terrible to say but it works in favor of the show being picked up because the production company is in england the writers might not be on strike mm. not that I mean, I fully support the WGA and their strike right now. So I'm not saying that we should, you know what I'm saying. I'm just saying yeah. for this particular show that might work in its favor. I am not fully knowledgeable on the intricacies of that or how that works or I, I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this does um, come at a weird time where the WGA is on strike um, deals are all frozen and then some production companies are like vanishing shows as a means of like cutting off resources for creatives and writers Yeah, as like punishment and then like blaming the writers for that to the fandom and being like, well, you know, they're not doing their job. So we have no choice but to take away your toys. Uh, I don't know if Lockwood is caught up in that stuff, I feel like it came before all that, right? Um, they're they're not picking up a second season, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about their distribution rights. If they have exclusive rights, if they have rights to the first season, or if it's just like Joe Cornish is just like we can't afford to do another season without a home, you know, guaranteed in place. And plus, even though these people are like in their early twenties, they are like getting older too. So mm. like, uh, how long can you wait? It's better to like strike quickly, I yeah. would think. That one doesn't bother me too much because makeup and costuming can do wonders and acting. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and writing. Um mm. so but yeah, quicker like I'm sure they don't want to be playing teenagers when they're thirty. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's all that drama around it that got it canceled. But I'm happy to help out with something that brings more awareness to this 
cool thing yeah. that um and it's not i mean i feel pretty hopeless about it but it isn't quite yeah. hopeless there's almost every day there's been like new articles written about it from like really popular entertainment magazines about like why the hell did this get canceled and it was after being canceled it was almost immediately nominated for an award from the national film awards that's cool yeah for best drama series which you can vote for well there yeah i mean like, depending uh, on when you hear like this. bridgerton's <laughs> on there so uh, lockwood mm -hmm. and co is not gonna win but i think you know you can show your support isn't the star of the show also in Bridgerton? She was in the first two seasons and then she left it to do this. Yeah. Ah, I see. Okay. Okay. Uh, presumably. I, I don't think she's ever put out a statement, but she left that show and then she filmed, like, obviously. Yeah, she's been in a in a lot of stuff. Um, I think her name is Ruby Stokes. Uh, I should say the actress's name. I, You know, when I first heard about this show, it came out in uh, January 2023 and... Um, a lot of people were like, oh, the show is so good. It's like a surprise hit at like high quality, all this stuff. And I saw the name of it, Lockwood and Co. And like the premise, you know, like teenagers uh, who are detectives, supernatural stuff. I was like, eh, uh, because I just assume Lockwood is like there's two boys and a girl. And I was like, Lockwood's one of the boys. He's going to be the boss. He's going to be the hero. It's about him. And people say it's good, so like I'm probably gonna be a little bit bored by it. I always like stuff that's like messed up and weird more than I like quote unquote good stuff. Yeah. And then when I got into the book and the whole thing is from Lucy's POV, I was like, oh, the, actually, this is way more interesting than I thought it was initially. And the show like really doubles down on that in a satisfying way to me. I agree. I, I, well, I, for many reasons, I don't think the story would work from Lockwood's point of view. No, yeah. And it's, there's all kinds of things about the world building and stuff that I think are like really excellent too. Uh, and that kind of like skew it off of this genre of like supernatural teenage detective genre, which is a genre. I mean, it's like, this is like Scooby Doo, you know? <laughs> um, like you aged could, up. It's almost kind of like supernatural, although they weren't teenagers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's actually supernatural yeah. as opposed to like, Everything else that's like this, like uh, Nancy Drew or things like that, always like in the end, oh, it turns out it's like all of this mechanical stuff. But this is like the opposite of that. It's like, no, it's all really ghosts and it's all actually deathly dangerous. You haven't finished the books, right? No, no, I'm not done okay. with the second book yet. So one, one of my favorite things in the show, though, or in the books is how it is ghosts, but it is also always just comes back to people being fucking the worst. Usually yeah. adults, adults being the worst. Yeah. I love that shit. I love like, yes, let's have the plucky kids take down the evil adults. It's the best. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, that's one of the things that's early in both the book and the show that I really liked was where they they say adults are useless. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was like, oh, we're just putting it out there. This is what this story is. It's and it's from the kids perspective and the kids have to like run their own business and they're doing their own thing. There's no adults, which is like a great premise for, you know, the the audience that this uh, book series is aimed at. Yeah, I, I'm going to bring it up a lot when we go through the episodes, but I love any time that the the characters are being super, super duper adult and then something happens and they are children all of a sudden. 
Mm, it's yeah. they the show does it so well and so subtle like they mostly play it for laughs but it's like no this is kind of tragic actually it really is and it i think that's where the tone of the show is situated is is right in that space that you just said is like this there's a sadness to this there's like a loss to it mm-hmm. and they're just kind of doing the best they can in a way that is not true in the book the book has a much more like gallows humor edge to it all the time. And it's, it's way more jokey than the series ever is. And I think that the series does a better job of like balancing its tone and like playing up the danger, but also like the emotional stakes for the characters Mm -hmm. all the time. It's really good. Every, you guys should watch this show. Uh, (laughs) Why would you be listening to this podcast if you don't watch the show? Well, I'm hoping that we have, because we've done some other podcasts both together and not yeah, that we'll maybe we'll just in. pull in some people. Yeah. Even if it's just like two people, you know, one from each podcast that we do. <laughs> yeah. So mentioning that, so we have worked together on a little thing called His Dark Materials, if you've ever heard of that book series. And then you've done a lot of other podcasts uh, with Mandy. Yes. Well, not yeah. a lot. Well, actually, yes, it is a lot. It's a few now. Yeah. Two in a bit. We kind of gave up on one because we didn't like the show we were covering. (laughs) But yeah, so Mandy and I have talked about the Grishaverse and the Shadow and Bone show on our podcast, Enter the Fold. And you and I and our our friends have covered, as you said, the His Dark Materials books and the TV show on... Oh, HBO Max. No, I'm trying to think of the name of our podcast. My brain just blanked. Measures of Truth. (laughs) Measures of Truth. (laughs) <laughs> my mind. <laughs> remember the name of our own podcast oh wonderful okay i'm not gonna cut that out good good yeah just so everyone listening knows what kind of quality they can expect caitlin does not <laughs> remember names there is actually there is one character in the show who i think i'm gonna mess up their name in a spoilery way so that's gonna be fun for me oh, okay yeah i don't know if i will so according to you the the first season includes the first two books. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'll keep going beyond that, although it does feel like they're pulling lore that's deeper than what the books are giving me. They are definitely setting up. They do a good job on setting some other stuff up and also just yeah. a great job in a couple episodes of just throwing in really great uh, like foreshadowing lines that mean nothing when the character is saying them. But if you know, you know, it's really good. That's cool. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really well written and the production, I think, is excellent for having uh, a supernatural show. It could go really sideways when you have to, like, see ghosts and stuff. And I find it all like it's not like, you know, scaring me really bad, but it's like it's definitely pretty creepy and spooky uh, and it fits right in with its tone. So and it's it does a really good job of world building, like you said, like it's feels effortless and it's also like setting things up and paying them off really well so the world building is so fun i'm excited to talk about it when we dive in it's definitely my favorite thing about the the whole series and the way that the world building plays against its own themes i think it's like super smart in both versions but especially in the show yeah so there's a lot there there's it's not a like you know, like something you just have on in the background that's like really superficial. I think there's a lot of like thought going into it all around. Yeah, I agree, obviously, because I made yeah. you do this with me. 
everyone's always making me do things. That's how it's characterized to me. It never really feels that way. So I don't feel that way. It is just a funny joke, too. Yes. No, it's great to get to hang out and talk stories with smart people. That's the best. Oh, I'm so sorry. You won't find any of those here. Smart, oh, smart people. It's just going to be us. It's I just going to be us. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I think we haven't quite decided on a schedule, but probably weekly you can expect um, an episode from us deep diving into the episodes of the show. So yeah, so next time we will be covering the first episode of the show. This will be us. Uh, if you want to watch along, if you have anything that you want to write in about us or uh, any save the show efforts you want us to mention on here, something like that, you can email us at contact at halloweddgroundmedia.com. Thanks for joining us on this <laughs> ghost journey. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Bye. everybody.